Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, Sheree Louise Turner here, the host and producer of Women's Running Stories. And before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know that we are currently sponsored by The Feed. That's thefeed.com. And they are the largest online nutrition and supplement marketplace for athletes. And one of the things I love about The Feed is I know I can trust the products that they offer because The Feed was made for athletes by athletes. Everything has been carefully chosen and you can trust in the quality of what you're buying. And this is great for me because I like to try new things. So I was looking for a high protein bar that I could use for after my workouts because I find it challenging to get enough protein in my diet. And I came across bonk breaker bars. And other than being really fun to say, they're high in protein. So I'm really looking forward to trying those. And I also know I can find all my old favorites, Cliff, Goo, Piggy Bar, Martin, they're all there too. So go to thefeed.com for all of your nutrition and supplement needs. And as part of this sponsorship, The Feed is offering $80 in credit. All you need to do is go to thefeed.com forward slash forward. So yes, it's forward slash and then the word forward. And you claim $80 in credit. So enjoy shopping at The Feed. Go use that credit. And now, on to the episode. When I was in high school, I remember looking at the trophy case, and most of the awards were all from men's sports and men's championships. And I just remember seeing so much, so much male dominated award or prestige or celebration. You know, the pep rallies were always to. I, you know, they might, there might've been a mention of, you know, what our field hockey team was doing, but the football team was, that's really what it was about. They're going after the big game and we need bonfire. And, but there was, there was no tradition like that, at least where I'm from set for women. And at the time, I guess I just didn't, I didn't see that discrepancy, but as an adult, right. Hindsight's 2020, I see all of that now. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> like, man, like we didn't get anything. And that makes me sad because, you know, the women doing those sports, they want to feel just as important. They want to know that what they're doing matters and that it's inspiring and that people care. And so, but it didn't feel like that back then. And now that I can see all that, it bums me out. And like, well, how can I help change stuff on a, on a larger level? Women's running, running, running. Running stories. Hi, I'm Gina Lucrezzi. I live in Buena Vista, Colorado. I am an ultra runner and I'm extremely passionate about creating change for women in sport. I'm the founder of Trail Sisters and I'm also the mayor pro tem of the town I live in. So I like to get involved. And we're going to hear all about how Gina likes to get involved in this episode of Women's Running Stories. Yes, we used to be called Strides Forward, but we've had a name change. 
everything else is going to stay the same. We are going to continue to share stories about running told by women. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am the host and producer of Women's Running Stories. Welcome and thank you for being here. I am really excited to bring you the story of the woman behind one of the key organizations working toward equity for women in the trail run hike space. And as an aside here, I just wanted to mention if you, like me, do not know what a mayor pro tem is, it is the person who fills in for a mayor when that mayor is unable to fulfill their duties. And now, on to the episode at hand. As you heard up top, Gina Lucrezzi started to take note of the preferential treatment that the boys got in sports early in her athletic career. Her consciousness around this grew over time and, combined with her love of running and her experiences in the running industry, ultimately developed into her founding the women's trail running and hiking community, Trail Sisters. All right. Now, please enjoy Gina's story, which she shares completely in her own voice, and I will join you again after the story. Here's Gina. I got started in the running world. Well, the very, very beginning was my mom bribed me to run around the development where I grew up uh, (laughs) to burn off energy because I grew up with ADD. She told me that if I ran around the development, which was a mile in length, that she'd give me $5. And I ended up running two laps around the development, which was two miles. And I came back and told her she owed me 10. So my mom was, when she was in school, I think she was right on the cusp of Title IX. I think it just happened. and um, But I remember talking to her about it. And I I sometimes get sad about it because I'm like, my mom, she probably, I, I joke, she's like, you get your AD, I think, for me. Because I have all that energy too. And I, when I think about my mom and her having that potential ability to maybe have been really good in sports, but have not been afforded, you know, the opportunity. It breaks my heart. It just breaks my heart that, you know, for anybody, I guess, to not have the chance. It's up to you to, to take the opportunity and turn it into something, but to not even be given the chance to find out if there's something there for you. That's, that's where, you know, that's, that's where I lose it, you know? And so but she's been my biggest champion. She's always been there kind of, whether I knew it or not, but kind of guiding me. She would take me out um, when I started kind of getting into running because she could see I had a talent for it. And that's why she told me to go run around the development. Um, so that's kind of the goofy star um, or the realization that, hey, maybe there's some ability here. But I, uh, I played field hockey for a really long time. I was quite good at the, we'd have to do a mile around the field hockey field for training, just practice fitness, if you will. And I always do the best, I guess, at that. And then I uh, was courted to come in to do track. The coach was like, you got to do track. I hear you're pretty fast at, you know, whatever. And then I broke our women's mile record as a freshman. But then, yeah, I, I kind of, I next year, then I went out for cross country as a sophomore. I did quite well. And Continue to do track and cross country and field hockey. Actually, at the same time, I did two sports in fall. But um, I had done quite well in high school. And so um, went to college, did more more running and ended up as a 10-time uh, Division three NCAA All-American. And one of those was actually a, a championship. I had won uh, first place in the, the indoor 1500 my junior year. 
And then I had set a bunch of records at the university I attended, DeSales University, which is in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And I believe a lot of them still stand. Yeah, I I don't know. It, it, it took a hold of me and I didn't even know that was happening. And before I knew it, that's how I was identifying myself and my life and everything about me. I was Gina the runner. So I kind of let that dictate then my future. That's kind of how it started for me and then took me away. You know? So I didn't know much about trail running actually until um, I... So how I, how I discovered it, I was out in Colorado Springs. I was actually fulfilling a, I had to have a uh, internship for my graduate degree. And I was very lucky to get a, a placement with the United States Olympic Committee. And I was working with one of the NGBs, which is the national governing body. And it was actually with field hockey, which was super cool. So I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, relive a little bit of that past and but the woman at the time who was the, the chair for the field hockey NGB was also really into running and trail running. And she was good friends with a woman named Nancy Hobbs who runs the American Trail Running Association, also known as ATRA. She's like, I have to introduce you to my friend Nancy. And I'm like, all right, I'll go try this trail running thing. It looks like they have some you know, US races or nationals. And that was kind of that competitive drive of maybe I can qualify for some team here. Maybe I could represent the USA as a, as a trail runner. You know, that's where that curiosity had taken me. And that was kind of a little bit of a carrot. But Nancy took me out on this trail called Section 16 in Colorado Springs. And if anybody's been there or runs there, they know that um, for your first trail run, it's a pretty, it's a pretty beastly run. You, you, it's kind of rolling for a while and then you go straight up this one section to get to the top of this hillside and I was running um, like I would on roads or track I guess and with a wider stride and I, I just like a, after a while I'm like oh my gosh I'm so tired I couldn't keep up that pace or the stride and kind of just like got pooped out if you will and here comes Nancy who's a little older than me and um, I you know I'm this young kid that thinks she's super super speedy and all that you know whatever and here comes Nancy just with these really small little pitter-patter steps, like boop, 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 right up past me. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> I was curious and I'm like, how'd she do this? What was the difference? And then she told me you have to take small steps. You know, it's a lot different running on trails than it is roads or track. Then we went again um, the following weekend. We went to another place called the Columbine Trail, also obviously in Colorado Springs. And I refined my my stride and pace and I'd finally started to catch on to it. And so that's that's kind of where I got hooked. And the fact that you were just seeing so many neat things that you could never see if you were just running roads or, you know, obviously on a track. And it was different with timing. You know, you were no longer beholden to what your splits would be running ovals. You could now have the chance to like it didn't really matter what your times or paces were because you were on undulating trail, you know, the terrain was all over the place, you know, is you couldn't really measure it. And that was a breath of fresh air for me because I think you do years of training on these measured, you know, very well measured distances. You, you start to learn a lot about what you're capable of. And if you're having a bad day, you can, you can see that very um, clearly, but on a trail, you, you, you kind of have more grace. And so it made it more fun. But I think having the opportunity and learning more about the U.S. teams and those opportunities in trail was then what kind of really pulled me into that realm and then kind of continued from there. But 
and then just wanting to keep figuring out how to get faster and having that competitive drive still at that time really kind of triggered me to, you know, find out who else in the sport was running quite well and, you know, what, what levels of where were these championships and, and, and how could I progress to the top of that if, if I could, because that was what my younger, younger life was about was how far could I make it? Could I make a USA team? Could I win a national championship? Then, yeah, so I, I learned a lot in Colorado Springs. That's where I really got the start. I actually moved out to Massachusetts for a job um, with Innovate, which is a trail shoe company actually based out of England. But we had, uh, the U.S. distributor was based outside of uh, Boston, Massachusetts. So I moved there for a job as a marketing manager. And, and I had done a ton of USA track and field trail races up in New England. I had done, there were some circuits and things like that. And I was I was getting better. I had won this one mountain circuit. I don't know if anybody had won every race of the mountain circuit. I had won all the races in the circuit, but there was more of this, okay, I'm doing better and better. I'm learning more. I'm getting faster. But I, um, but I had always wanted to win a national championship. And that was something that stemmed all the way from college, that competitive edge, taking to the next level, representing the USA, if you will. It was in North Carolina and it was USA uh, track and field trail uh 10k championship and i had run this race and i actually i had i had won the race so i that competitive edge that 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 thing of having the chance to win a national championship on a you know not a not a collegiate level but something larger i was able to check the box and after i was able to check check that box it kind of I was allowed to shift gears and find a new motivation for why i wanted to run and to be honest i think that's when i started thinking more about the ultra side of things. So yeah, I was doing definitely shorter stuff when I first lived in Colorado Springs, when I knew Nancy or when I was running with Nancy and had started. And I was also doing, you know, shorter stuff. I'd say everything was probably like half marathon shorter when I was in Massachusetts. I eventually left Massachusetts to take a job with Trail Runner Magazine back in Colorado. I had missed Colorado dearly that had my heart. So I was glad to get back. And that's when I started to learn about ultra running. Um, I had had a housemate. Her name was Ashley Arnold. Now Ashley Cohen, she, she works for Fleet Feet. And at this point, um, at the time we both worked for Trail Runner. And so we were housemates. Uh, we worked for the magazine. She was the, the associate editor and I was the um, ad manager. And we were both um, at that point quite good athletes in the space and we were both training to get better and so she was already into the ultra world and she's the one that kind of was like you should you know I don't know if she said you should try this but I I just watching her and seeing what she was doing you know kind of stoked the fire to be like I want to try this so yeah then I started I did my first 50 was the the North Face uh, championship race down in San Francisco when they used to do their championship series that was my first 50 and I think I was top 10 there. And again, I was kind of curious about, you know, what else I could do. And that was about the time frame. Um, I'd been at trail runner for about two years and I said goodbye to them at the end of my second year. So that's when I decided I needed to go just take some time for myself and just run as an athlete. I had saved up a little money that I thought, okay, I could get through, you know, X amount of months, you know, probably like six months without having to have a, a full-time job. 
Um, and then I'd have to go back to work, but I just, I wanted to just focus on training and I wanted to travel a little bit and go run in cool places. And so that's kind of what I did, but it wasn't too long into that time frame that I started picking up contract work. Uh, I'd gotten a job with Julbo actually, um, cause I was an athlete for them at one point and they were looking for an athlete manager and, and so that, that kind of was nice. That allowed me to make a little something. I was working remotely, but it kind of extended my ability to, you know, continue running on my schedule and in the way I, I wanted to in, in a professional manner, if you will. So I actually never went back to an office job after that. Um, I had just continued picking up little contract gigs during that time frame when I when I was not doing, I wasn't in an office job and I kind of set my own schedule and had little, little gigs, but I was really trying to play full-time runner. I had some sponsorships and then didn't really pay anything, but you know, you, you classify yourself as a professional at that time because you are supporting yourself and that's your main role. But one of the races that stood out for me in terms of the ultra world, it was actually my first 100 K distance. And it was the CCC, which is at the UTMB. It was my it was my first uh, 100K, and I had worked hard for it. That was probably one of the best races I had ever had. I had ended up coming in fifth. I was the top American there. And um, it was a big international race on a big stage. And it was probably one of the last races I've done that I had any version of like that competitive edge and wanting to, to do something that was super speedy and to see where I could go. And after that, things have slowly morphed away from the pressure of being fast to more exploratory and curiosity in the mountains and just seeing where things go, what's around that next bend. Like it's, it was a little weird for me to finally say, okay, you're past the point of being this competitive person that you knew ever since you were like 10th grade. You're not that anymore. And that's okay. But it's hard to, you know, can't really erase it but you look for the other great things about why you love that sport and how to embrace in other ways without allowing that little, you know, for me, it was that competitive notion to seep back in there or to get maybe disappointed in myself if I don't do well. It's like, how do I turn off that voice? Cause that it doesn't matter how I do. It just matters that I'm out there doing it and embracing more of, I mean, there's always been, the love for the community around me and the friends you make along the way. But I feel like I have all the space for that now. And there's before I may have thought like, well, I still have to compete and I have to get my workouts in. And I wouldn't really think to do that with, you know, community members or friends. But now at this stage of my life or years after some of those competitive races, I've focused a lot more on just the social aspects and, and just sharing the miles of, you know, I don't know the mysterious mountains with others. And that is kind of my drive now or my motivation or, or why I run and signing up for races um, at this point really aren't to, oh yes, I need to go try to win stuff. I don't, I don't really care about that. Yeah. Do I want to finish? Sure. Do I want to do well? Yeah. But not at the expense of, of not enjoying, I don't know, the journey there, if you will. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even to this day, there might be maybe one or two other women that I can think of that have had close to the same experience as me in terms of working for a brand and being a team manager, and then also working for publications, then also being a professional athlete. I don't really know anybody else that's had that same, you know, has worked in all those dimensions of that, of that arena. So when I had done a lot of that contract work and just generally working in this space, even before that, I had noticed the lack of um, representation of women or the female perspective and in, in every way, shape possible within the run, uh, in the run space, both, you know, whether you're at a race, whether you're reading something in a magazine, whether there's apparel for you in a store, like any, anywhere you looked, I couldn't stop seeing this, this void. You know, just the financial inequity of what women were paid and what men would get paid. You know, I, I I didn't necessarily know what all these athletes were getting paid. That wasn't it. But I had a enough um, information on how that worked, and I knew it wasn't equitable. And that drove me it, it drove me nuts because there were some phenomenal female athletes that were definitely getting paid less than some you know just like sub elite men. But because there were more men running in the sport, you know, the argument would always be like, well, there's more men participating and it's more exciting to watch and they're just generally faster. And once my eyes were open to it, I could not close them to it. And almost is kind of drives you nuts because then you can't stop, you can't stop seeing things and it's overwhelming. And I was always so disappointed that nobody, or at least it's so it seemed, nobody would risk taking the time to market to the female audience, they would just stick with what was safe, which was, you know, you'd have more men on magazine covers, more stories written about men, more more things just to um, just play up to the male audience. And I just knew there were so many women that were interested in the sport and would love to be embraced the same way. I'd just seen too much and had known too much about that you know, behind the scenes situation and listening to conversations about, you know, well, we're for profit or this is how it works and we got to do what's best to bring in X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I get it. I understand how business works and I I don't fault that because, you know, people have shareholders and blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't mean that there could have been more equity across the board in doing things that would support both and I always thought it was funny because I was like, women spend way more than men do. I mean, it maybe not necessarily always for themselves, but for their family or for their husband or for whoever, their partner. And like, I just thought, man, these brands or these organizations or whatever, they're missing the boat because you have people chomping at the bit wanting to be involved, but nobody will take the time or nobody will take the risk in addressing it or bringing them in. And I always thought it was the silliest thing because you talk to these business owners or brand whatever managers and you kind of try to explain to them in what they know, which is dollar signs and saying, 
you're going to make a lot more money if you start embracing other people, other, you know, demographics within the sport instead of just working on one, but you do it because it's safe, you know? And I just, you know, but I'm like, but you want to make more money at the end of the year. You want to get your bonus. Well, here's how you do that. I'm like, A, you're growing the sport. You're bringing more people into it and you'll make more money. I don't know why that's such a big deal, but they would give this line of, well, it, it costs a lot more, you know, to market somebody, to, to, it, it costs more to get a new, a new consumer, I guess, versus, you know, always marketing to the same person. And so there, that's why there was risk. But I was always surprised. I'm like, it, it, I don't think it's that hard. Like you could slowly do this. You could do something, but they just, they never would. And I, I don't know, that was like a breaking point. Cause it's like, well, if you're not going to, then I guess I'll do something, you know? At the time, I was dating my my now husband. I was dating. Uh, his name is Justin Keller. He was working at Ultimate Direction, and he'd come home from work. He was the sales director there, and I had tell I had told him. He's like, "What'd you do today?" And I was like, "Oh, I I, I started this online journal called Trail Sister." He's like, "Hey," <laughs> and I had uh, you know at my kitchen table in Boulder, I created this online platform. I spoke to seven other of my close friends that were runners and asked if they'd be willing to like, you know, just write like a little story. And the idea was to have this journal that um, essentially anybody and everybody could contribute to that identifies as a female um, to uh, just to inspire, educate and empower others. And so that's kind of where it started. And um, I was still running at the time. I still had some goals and things like that. But um, through this time, then I got serious with Justin and we got married. And to be honest, I think that actually changed a lot of my perspective, too, of where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do with running. I now found something else I cared about just as much as I cared about running. Because my whole life before that, my jobs, you know, who I was as a person, how everybody knew me back home, you know, what I did as a hobby, everything was running. So now I finally found this person. I'm like, oh, this is very different, you know, like, and so I allowed my time to shift into a relationship mode, which I think started that kind of pull away. Like there's more to life than just running. And then really identifying this void and seeing um, some feedback come from women that actually started reading this journal and get little notes and it kind of pulled me in more and saying like, okay, this matters. Next thing you know, it turns into a full-time job. I didn't expect people to, I don't know, latch on to it as much as they did. I didn't know it could be what it is today. And what has been really cool about the whole situation, I guess, the amount of support from everybody that has gotten involved or shared something or or just reads it or has told a friend have you heard of the trail sister site or trail sisters how much support that has come back and maybe that sounds like sad like i shouldn't be so down and out on like society not supporting people <laughs> um but it like i guess i just i wanted to help do something it was a passion project and I don't know. The coolest thing about it is just seeing how others, it feels as though, you know, they want to help us out too. So Trail Sisters started on April 11th of 2016. And um, yes, it started as a journal 
but it did take off quite quickly, you know, so we're it's, it's six years old, next year will be seven years old, and, and we went from just the journal um, to then starting um, women's only trail running retreats, started two of those because I thought, hey, you know, it would be great to bring some of these people together that are interested in this space and just go play in the mountains, do a few workshops, just kind of hang out and have a fun weekend together and you know, after that, the the concept of like, well, we're kind of like this virtual community, I guess. We're writing articles, there's, you know, comments, there's things going on in a sense, you know, but how can we really connect? And that's when local groups kind of started. And when we, when we started that, everything really changed because now it was no longer just this digital platform for sharing your voice and your stories, but it now allowed people to actually get together and go for runs or hikes or, or they didn't even have to do that. It could just be a social gathering just to kind of have somebody to talk to network in your own community and just share an experience and literally just have a friend. You, you could bank on the fact that you found this person through a common interest of, you know, being outdoors, whether it's trail running or hiking. So you knew you were in a, I would say, well, I don't know, probably not the right term, but the safe space of like, you had that, you both had that going for you. And then the next step was just meeting up and and learning more about, you know, your community members. And, you know, I, I always thought trail sisters would be, it's, it, it's great for what, you know, growing the space, but the community aspect, I don't know, that's, that's almost even more powerful than what I think it started as is just trying to get more women on the trail. Cause I think once you start building that camaraderie between people and you develop those relationships, man, you know, you can, you can do anything. I feel like we're very powerful when we work together and we support each other. So I always like the fact that what it's turned into now, it's, it's not just about, yes, going to find ways to, you know, go exercise in the mountains together or on the prairies or the trails or wherever, but it's really about developing those relationships with other people, um, that enjoy that same space as you, but kind of helping each other to better each other's lives in, in different ways. But, you know, a lot of that started rolling to kind of get into the journal side of it. So when we had those seven women start writing, we received some emails from other women asking if they could, you know, share their stories. And we were like, yes, this is great. Please do. Yes. Like anything. And, um, and that's really when it started kind of, I don't know, start really rolling and more women would ask and more women would ask. And then we decided to, you know, just really push on that and lean on that and then to encourage it more. At first it was kind of like, sure, come on in. And then we decided, well, why we should be asked like, um, well, I guess encouraging would be the right word, just encouraging more women to share their stories. And so I think where Trail Sister stands out from others maybe in the same space is the fact that we invite any and all voices in that sense or, or backgrounds and experience. And I mean, specifically in, in the writing, if you will, I've had questions come in where like, Hey, I've never written anything before. Is that okay? Or I don't know if this is all right. And then also, you know, people that have written for, you know, outside or whatever other publications where they are like, you know, that's what they do for a job. And I, I'm so excited and happy that there are those different voices that come through because what speaks to me might not speak to somebody else. And that just doesn't go for a topic. 
that goes for the style they write and how it comes out, you know, and that's where I think it's really important for people that, you know, have those select styles and experience, you know, it's, they speak to more people than I think they realize. Um, and I think that's helped give some people courage to say, all right, I want to go forward with this because I really want people to know about, you know, this situation or, or this experience. And I've never had anybody that's written something that has then said to me, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. I've never had that. I wanted to be the megaphone that any and every woman had or those that identify as have, have access to because there aren't many places you can do that. And so I, that's where I always try to encourage as many people as possible. If you have something to say, please do share it. You know, it, you'll, you'll hit more people than you think with it, you know, and it resonates more than you'd ever believe. I always feel like there's something new that we want to throw into the mix because now we have a new idea or, or, or just finding other ways that we can support the overall community. You know, one of the cool things that we've implemented, and we work a lot with brand partners for this because we can't, you know, necessarily financially fund all this ourselves, but we've started doing some grants. Um, we do a childcare grant, an adventure grant, a coaching grant. And the idea behind those was really to how could we, you know, assist with both, you know, gear and, you know, financial assets, I guess, to help these people get to another level or the next step, or what would allow them to get back out into nature and to enjoy the things that, you know, they need to help them to be the person that, you know, they want to be. I think spending time in the outdoors does, helps us all in different ways. And, you know, if something comes up in your life or if you financially aren't able to do something, and it takes away, you know, that piece of you, it's a pretty sad thing. So if we could help in some sense, that was one, that was one thing that um, we've, we've started doing, I think is pretty neat. Um, another thing we, we do host some races now. And to me, that's kind of like the, the mountain peak of it all. Cause I'm like, our mission is to grow women's participation opportunity in trail running and hiking and doing it through inspiration, education, and empowerment. But what better way to actually provide opportunity and to hopefully grow participation than to actually host events where you're, you're doing just that. You know, I started Trail Sisters, right? Um, you know, and I invited those seven friends to write articles and it's grown so much since then, with everything we do, but I don't believe the success that Trail Sisters has had today is because of, you know, one person starting and seven people starting to write articles. I mean, it's it's had the success it has today thanks to everybody that's been a part of it in some way, whether it's a contributor or a team member, you know, somebody applied for a grant or, you know, or, or a brand that's supported it and sees like, wow, there's value in this and we should be doing more, you know, to find equitable ways of growing the sport. So everybody kind of has a role and has a part of it. I think that's the cool thing about Trail Sisters is that it, it lives and dies by the effort and energy that comes from the community as a whole. When I say community, that means individuals, but also means brands and races and, and media outlets. And like, we all have something we can contribute in pushing things forward, but it does take all of us to actually make a difference. And so I guess I never really assumed that sitting at that kitchen table that day, that this is where, this is what would be happening today. And some of the things that we've done as a whole have 
been able to come forward. You know, the changes that we are seeing in the sport for um, women. I do think that the Trail Sisters community has been a has has been a really big you know push behind that. I would never say, oh, Trail Sisters has done everything. No way. I mean, there's there's a lot of other organizations and, and things like that. But I do think that Trail Sisters has been a force within the you know trail running hike space to start to make that change. And when I say Trail Sisters, I mean the community of all those things together. I don't mean any one person. Because it never, you know, it takes an army to get anything done. Gina continues to build and support that army, which continues to grow and support her right back. Trail Sisters is run by Gina and her husband, Justin Keller, from their home in Colorado. A huge thank you to Gina Lucrezzi for sharing her story. I have long been a fan of Trail Sisters, and I've had the pleasure of writing some articles for the journal. And I will tell you that if you have a trail experience to share and an interest in writing about it, I really encourage you to contact Trail Sisters and to get your words out there. The support that Gina and the Trail Sisters team provide in the process of writing for first-time writers or experienced writers, wherever you are in your writing journey, is really wonderful. And I also encourage you to see if there's a local Trail Sisters group in your area. If you want to meet up with other women who enjoy being out on the trails for either hiking or running, these are great groups to meet up with and find some other women who share a common interest. Trail Sisters are all over the place and it's really fun to be part of the community. So please check them out. Of course, in the show notes, I will link to the Trail Sisters website. They have loads of information about everything they offer, all the different ways you can get involved or that they can help support you. In our notes, you're also going to find links to our social media, and I would love it if you followed us and also share the show with your friends and family. Word of mouth is how independent shows like ours grow, and we really appreciate the support. Our social media handles are at Women's Running Stories on Instagram, and on Twitter, you can find us at Women Run Stories. We're also on Facebook. And of course, thank you for listening. We love sharing these stories, but the whole point is they get out into the world and make an impact, which means you listening is really important. And of course, I do not make this show by myself. Cormac O'Regan makes all the original music for the show, and he does the sound design, and that all happens in his studio in Cork, Ireland. April Mariner of Bonfire Collaborative does all the design work for Women's Running Stories, including the logo, the website, the social media, all of it. April comes to you from Truckee, California, and you can find her at bonfirecollaborative.com. And yes, I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am the host and producer of Women's Running Stories. And as always, I am coming to you from a closet in Somerville, Massachusetts. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, I will continue to wish you healthy, happy strides forward. Women's Running Stories.
Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.